0: Da, da 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 You sound insane.
1: Do you realize that? Oh, yeah! The whole world got gone crazy! Seriously? It's showtime.
0: That's what, that's what. Hey, guess what, man, fam? It is happening. It is time. Mm. It's about to go down. Yes, that's right. right it's time, that time for it. <laughs> I'm going to see how many it phrases and it puns i can come up with between now and uh the end of this 60 odd minutes of movie talk this evening Um, it's
2: a good bit kent
0: i it's uh pretty great well done Uh, i really enjoy it um
1: (laughs) that's the thing right oh
0: wait uh uh, it's good to be here this evening um this is a a big day uh, for the podcast and a big day for Movie lovers everywhere as they all gathered in the theaters and this past weekend and were terrified by a CGI clown together. It was a mm-hmm. bonding. I, I felt bonded to everyone in the theater and uh, we're all here to talk about it this evening, except for Brian. Yep. <laughs> See later. He's here, but he's actually not. <laughs> um, Brian is, is joining us uh, for the first segment tonight. Um, he's going to actually go. Log off and, and uh, jump on another podcast with our friend Ariel from mm-hmm. Geek One Hundred One to discuss literally the complete opposite of it, which is the Princess <laughs> Home, again. No, Home Again. No, oh my bad, yeah. Homeward Bound Two. Um, <laughs> no, uh, they're going to talk about the Princess Bride on its anniversary for our throwback yeah. episodes, so that'll be a good time, I'm sure. But Brian wasn't going to join us at all tonight, but um, it's actually written into our contract that time we're talking about a popular movie. <laughs> Star Wars news has to happen and Star Wars discussion has to be had too. Um this is breaking news as of earlier today. And we're lucky we were recording today. We were gonna do this yesterday. So um, gosh.
2: I so would've... appreciate Star Wars holding everything for Tuesdays. Right. When you're really the official, awesome.
0: when you're in the official podcast of Star Wars, they kinda they fit your schedule. They fit our schedule mm-hmm. and they ask us actually beforehand. Um, what we can do. That's the um, main
2: reason they they fired Colin Trevorrow, by the way, is because we were just like, "Eh, not really feeling it.
0: Didn't really dig Jurassic World. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. This is big news. So if we hadn't talked about this, we would have done an emergency episode probably on it. Uh, We talked about this last week, two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. the fact that it was a rumor that Colin Trevorrow was out or or, um, it it was faction. It actually happened uh, factually that he was out, but we were rumored as of who was going to replace him. And mm-hmm. we had speculation on a couple of people, and Brian, I guess, can definitively say today who, who, uh, who's been chosen to take over the, the reins of uh, episode number yeah. nine at this point.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, after after about a week of speculation, today we get confirmation that Episode 9 will be directed by J.J. Abrams of Felicity fame. Uh, yep. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that television program. He directed that uh,
0: one episode of The Office. It was great. That's mm, all I know. Yeah,
2: that's his main yeah. claim to fame. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I forgot which episode that is. It's one of the more one of the bigger ones that I actually like, and it's just so funny to watch that episode. And to see directed by jj abrams like i'm in dunder mifflin you're like what is happening what's gonna how many lens flares are gonna be in uh scranton today <laughs> um so yeah jj back first thoughts, he's back what's your first reaction brian your raw reaction as a as a star both as a star wars fan and as a movie critic
2: yeah i'm super pumped um we we talked about it last week i thought I thought pretty definitively it came down to Ryan Johnson, JJ J. Abrams, or or potentially Ron Howard. And JJ J. just Let's made the most sense, I think. <laughs> yeah, besides LeDier. I felt like that was a given. Um but I didn't think they would take the take the risk. That nobody can keep up the with artistic him. Risk, uh, yeah. the artistic risk, yeah. Yeah, art. his artistic vision. Um You know, but literally like you can't keep up with his artistic vision because of all the spinning. It's impossible. Uh, But I thought just looking at calendars and schedules and stuff, it made the most sense just as far as like he doesn't have anything in production that he's directing at the moment. Um, And and Ryan, Ryan Johnson would have been pressed to get to get episode eight done and then start episode nine in time. So I thought that might be difficult. Ron Howard, same thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I, I, I love, I love force awakens. Force awakens is, uh, I don't know. It's It's probably like the third or fourth best star Wars movie, but it's, it, it might, it's creeping up there as, as my favorite or second favorite. I love, I love that movie and I love rewatching it any chance I get. I think he was the perfect person to start the whole franchise off. Um, we had some tweets today of people questioning whether or not he was the right person to close and i I think that's fair but i also don't think we've ever seen him um in that role we've never seen him close out a star wars trilogy before well yeah (laughs) i mean like any any friend you know what i mean like he hasn't the star the star trek movies he started them yeah um the star wars movies now he he restarted You know things like that and so i think it's a great opportunity to let him to see what he can do um i know some people I think in hindsight, people are maybe turned off by some of the nostalgia built into Force Awakens, but I don't think that necessarily at all really is an indicator of what you're going to get in episode nine. I think that 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 had to be what Force Awakens... That had to be a big part of Force Awakens was the nostalgia and closing out some storylines and opening up the new ones and, and all that, and erasing the last 10 years of... Uh, depression that Star Wars fans have been through. And so I don't think that's necessarily what it will have, what episode nine will all be about, but I also don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have some, some nostalgia built in. But uh, look, I love JJ. Um, I think he did a perfect job with force awakens. I'm excited that he gets a chance to, to finish it out knowing that he had said publicly that he kind of regretted giving up the franchise after um after you know stepping away and letting Ryan Johnson take over i think it's for the better of the franchise cuz ryan i think even if ryan johnson doesn't direct episode 9 and even if they don't use his script that he had written for it apparently i i still think his like um his his vision and his ideas will creep in and i think that can only help what is already my favorite franchise of all time. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm happy to have JJ back for sure. And I don't know if you guys saw it. Officially episode 9 is is uh pushed back yeah, to December. Yeah, I did see that. December of uh of 2019 instead of uh uh May, I
0: believe. L- yeah, Lucasfilm Disney were really strategic about that. They made sure the mm-hmm, JJ yep. was one press release and the release date was two to get double the headlines. So mm-hmm, I appreciate. Mm-hmm. It. They could have just dropped that in the JJ.
2: Um Right headline but and doing it in that order is smart too like say hey here's our director and by the way we're pushing this back a little
0: bit give them a little more time i'm sure that they're gonna reevaluate just like like they did with just like they did with the force awakens they had a script on the table with michael arndt um when they settled on jj he went back read the script found stuff he liked didn't like and then sat back down at the writer's table and did his pass on it with with larry Mm -hmm. kasdan um Not sure if Larry will be back. Lawrence Kasdan, um, the I guess legacy member of the of the crew, writing staff, and Mm -hmm. um, he will probably be around in some capacity. I'm sure JJ will will still bounce ideas off him, like you know, what should Luke Skywalker say here and things like that, because he's uh, the very fabric of Star Wars uh, dialogue and and things is Lawrence Kasdan. But I'm excited to see what happens after Ryan Johnson. I agree with you, Brian. I would have liked to see. What Ryan Johnson can do with this trilogy, but I think that this second film, The Last Jedi, that he is doing is just gonna kinda jump start or, or or reignite this this franchise um in a really positive way and, and I think it'll reinvigorate JJ and it'll let make the, the fanboys a lot happier that it's not gonna be monotonous and uh we're gonna have JJ for mm-hmm. three films. I think it's really gonna I think it's actually gonna confirm that this is gonna be the best Star Wars movie in the trilogy. Uh, the second one, because I think yeah. we know what we're going to get with Blast Last Jedi, right? I I feel mm-hmm. like we do. Uh, it's going to tie everything together, and and, and uh, we know J.J.'s style, we know his sensibilities. Uh, as far, in terms of that, in terms of uh, just his directorial, I guess, persona, we know what we're going to get with J.J. So I, I used the term safe choice last week, I believe, in, in uh, debating this, and said he was the safest choice. Uh, I still feel the same way. This is a safe choice because Disney knows what they're going to get, and that's a solid effort. Not to say that that's a, that's a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll still be an A plus. It, yeah, movie. it'll still be an A plus. Yeah. But it's 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 about uh, having faith in somebody to go out there and get the job done, and and no no better person to have faith in than J, J. Abrams, who's success after success after success in his career. Mm-hmm. So uh, Richard, um, as the the non Star Wars freak of us all, you still like it. But uh well, yeah. less of a freak. Brian and I are just freaks. <laughs> yeah. I've been Only that.
2: seven tattoos for you yeah. as opposed to
0: mine's, actually in, mine's in old English and it's actually dedicated to Marilyn Manson. I'm uh, one of those kind of freaks. <laughs> Different kind of freaks. We go to freak shows. Um mm. all right. Go go ahead. <laughs> Marilyn Manson's back. Big by corn play. fan. Yeah. Had forgot like, had forgotten I about it. had forgotten about him for twelve years, and then he had a new single come out like this week, and I saw him on Twitter. I thought Somebody posted on Twitter. I had not seen his <laughs> face on Twitter, maybe ever, and I hadn't hadn't heard of him in twelve years. But well, he's not since thing, the Wonder
2: apparently. Years, anyway. Yeah. Right? Uh, go ahead, Richard. Uh, yeah, no, this is. Co- I love Force
1: Awakens. I'm totally on board. I I uh, was. I would have preferred Ryan Johnson, maybe, just because the buzz out of the second one is cool, and then mm-hmm. he had ar- he had already written the script for the third one, so it seemed like it would have been a little more seamless, but. You know, look, the nostalgia of the first one is its own thing. And I personally didn't have an issue with it, though. I certainly understand and respect those who did. But uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. i am It'll definitely be. Uh, I, I think this solidifies that it'll be. I mean, has JJ really made a bad movie? You know, no. I think this will be a no. solid, a solid uh, a film for sure, which is good because I wasn't mm. I was only 80 percent sure of that with Trevor. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: It's it's a question of what kind of happened. Well, I want to hear more about what happened with Trevorrow and why he's out. Why they didn't go with Ryan Johnson's script for Episode Nine? Maybe they're too deep into the process with with Ryan Johnson now, story wise. They're just going to kind of accept this movie for what it is, or for what he wrote on the page, and all that. And I'm sure Lucasfilm is very involved in in how the story is being told, but I'm just interested as to why they're not using his mm. second script. There has to be something fundamentally huge that both Colin Trevorrow and JJ Abrams didn't agree with or vice versa and they couldn't agree on like maybe a big death uh character dying or just how the entire relationships of the characters evolves over the course of the ninth film um because I'm just surprised that JJ can't come in and see Ryan Johnson's script and be like I can do something with this you know I can yeah. I can at least take take it in my own direction rather than say right. I'm scrapping all this this isn't this isn't it where we're moving on you know mm-hmm. yeah
2: that and, makes me wonder what
0: the second one's going to be if 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 they're taking that big of a different direction change after this one where is that going to lead us are they going to completely you know turn everything around i don't know uh it, it's just very odd
2: yeah i i don't think I think it's possible that it's possible that it's just it's not a good script or it's difficult to I don't know, maybe it's unfilmable or maybe it's just like this is completely in Ryan Johnson's voice and not in anybody else's. I don't know. I think more likely, at least as far as the JJ side of things, I, JJ is a very uh, particular type of guy. and And I think he's a very particular filmmaker. And in that. You know, he's the kind of guy that that is going to come in and say this, even if it's great, like, it's not mine. I didn't write this. My people didn't write this. Um, And I'm more comfortable directing. I'm more comfortable putting something that... I wrote or that I had a hand in or that the people that I trust the most, uh, put together, putting that on screen. I, I uh, think well, there's a really, really good chance that a lot of what's in yeah. Ryan Johnson's script finds a way into the story, uh, at least the, like the overarching story of what, yeah. um, of what JJ does, partly because JJ's had, I think we're pretty clear on JJ's had, you know, a, a voice in what happens in, in episode eight and then, carrying over into episode nine so i think it's been more collaborative than just like we're getting rid of your script and and going in a different direction i just think jj's the type of guy who's like a i don't know like if you hire a new gm in the nfl there's a really good chance that the existing coach and coaching staff is going to get fired pretty quickly Uh just because it's not his guy you know it might be it might be a solid coach but you're not you're not my guy i want to bring in somebody that i trust and I, i think that's as much I to me that's that's what I've taken from all these various press releases and and yep. news bits and stuff. It's just I, I you know, I just want my own thing. That's all.
0: Michael Arn did did get a written by credit uh in The Force sure. Awakens. So they used elements of his screenplay. And uh that maybe that they'll do the same here. Mm-hmm. It's just sure. uh it is it's it's crazy to go from oh we're going with Trevorrow to Ryan Johnson's script. Everything's great. And then to nope, this isn't the script or the director, and JJ has to come in and save the day. I just want to know what happens. That's it. Yeah, something, I would love to have a thirty for thirty on this. Yeah, there for was sure. there was some yelling or or people stormed out of some room somewhere uh, for this all to go down. It's not just all right. We'll shake hands. See you later. You know, so there has to be fundamental disagreements about mm-hmm. about that stuff, which there has never been in Star Wars ever. Because no one told the last couple of years or anything. It was just like, yeah, Yeah. cool. Everything's great. We're making billions of dollars. Now it seems like all this drama with the Lord and Millers and Han Solo and all what's going on and, and Josh Mm -hmm. Trank. And like, this is, this is going to be the, yeah, the best 30 for 30 someday between 2012 and the end end of episode nine, Mm -hmm. man, fly on the wall, Lucasfilm would be oh totally
2: experience and it won't come out anytime soon that's that's this thing, the thing that, I mean it's great because you want that as a filmmaker you want that as a studio head you want that as somebody who's involved in like this kind of this huge grand scale of a creative process you want that you want complete secrecy and, uh, and trust that even if things don't go well that it's not going to be leaking out that things aren't going well you know but as a <laughs> as a watcher as a viewer as a fan I'm just like I would really love to know what happened with Gareth Edwards I would really love to know what happened with you know and so on far down the line I, it's been interesting with Oh, it's been very cordial on both sides it was the same with gareth edwards um it was mostly the same with lord and miller like they really chalked it up to just like working styles and stuff for the most part and the, the exception to that is josh trank like they were pretty clear like josh trank's a douche and it's just like it's not gonna work which i think is pretty funny but
0: yeah it- like I said in a, in a previous episode as well, I'd be willing to throw away a lot of artistic liberties and license to mm-hmm. be able to, to do Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. It just makes me hate Trevorrow even more. I mean, gosh, <laughs> I already didn't like the guy, and then all, <laughs> then this happens. I mean, I was I was down on the guy before Jurassic World, and then all yeah. this stuff happened. Um, wow. Well, I'd like to officially again throw my name in the ring to direct one mm, of Star Wars yeah. spinoff movies. Uh, Kathy, we know you listen to the show. Uh, I've been directing now for almost ten years in different capacities, and uh, Brian will help me craft this screenplay and story. And, and we we respect Star Wars. We love Star Wars, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll 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 do whatever you want. We promise. We're yeah. not gonna say no
2: to you. So yeah, holla. I've already written a, a Porg uh, origin story, so Porg, we're good to go. Origin story. I don't. <laughs> I don't even want to know. Borgs are the new, the, kind the kind the of, new little uh, penguin guys. Oh, I know the what they are. World, I don't so, want to know what kind know. of twisted stuff you've got. <laughs> Chewbacca is heavily yeah, I don't. I don't care. Okay. You're <laughs> going too far. Some
0: freaky, speaking of freaky <laughs> stuff. Uh. So, yeah, wow. Big news. Any other kind of speculation, Brian, about any other Star Wars stuff today? I, like I said, I know the, the release date got pushed it. back. Is that a simple, we're Star Wars, we can do what we want, and... We don't have to be forced into any release dates. Actually, they probably should have yeah. just done Christmas, Christmas, Christmas every mm-hmm. year just for consistency all right. And, right. and all
2: that. Yeah, I think it's part of that. And I think it also, again, shows the power of J.J. J. Abrams because that's, you know, that's what happened with Force Awakens. I would imagine that that was part of the negotiating that went down between Lucasfilm and J.J. J. It was just like, I'll do it, but it's not going to get done because they're supposed to start pre-production in January. And with all the given that we may be potentially completely rewriting the script from page one, I, you know, who knows, but I imagine that was part of his deal. It's just like, we're not, I'm not, we're not getting this out in 18 months. It's going to take 24 to get it done. So I like that. I, you know, I, I never want to be too far away from a new star Wars movie. Um, but I would much prefer, you know, take your time, get it right. I much prefer that to, to anything else. And it wouldn't, it honestly, it wouldn't shock me at this point if they bumped Han Solo, deeper into the summer or, or to Christmas too just to be like you know what maybe this this needs it as well I don't know
0: it's saying here that JJ is co-writing the script with Chris Terrio uh, his one of his
2: BDS fame
0: yeah and uh, he this is a quote from Lucasfilm president Kathy Kennedy she says with The Force Awakens JJ delivered everything we could have possibly hoped for and I'm so excited that he is coming back to close out this trilogy this trilogy what you said, not the trilogy
2: mm-hmm. this so, trilogy that's key
0: so okay now before we move on and talk it let's do another round of star wars bold predictions because <laughs> where do we think this trilogy is going to go gut gut feeling uh i i said they're going to they're going to throw something at us that we're not going to expect in a similar way to uh to the Empire Strikes Back and, and the reveal of Luke's father. We uh, didn't expect that, and we got that. And and I, I believe in the same fashion in the, the Last Jedi, there'll be some reveal, something will happen, something will shock us. There'll be a death that we do not expect. There'll be a, a you know, Snoke will end up being um, Obi-Wan or something like that, <laughs> something crazy that we're just like, what? You know? And uh, it's gonna throw a wrench in this whole thing. So I'm predicting that for The Last Jedi. And, uh, and i think that's really it. i, I as far as episode mm-hmm. 9 go i obviously i had to see this next one but i, I think ray is going to be it's going to be ray and kylo at the end again to kind of cap mm-hmm. off this trilogy and sure. uh i am excited to see where that goes. so what what's your gut feeling on bold predictions for again get bold here because <laughs> if you're
2: right i mean this is this is huge points. <laughs> yeah, no one ever keeps track of when we're wrong. It's yeah. only it's yeah, only exactly. right. right. yeah no, I think you're right. I think uh, I think we'll get. We obviously we're gonna get more of Ray's background and origin in episode eight. And uh, I think the key for episode eight is like there's part of me that thinks we're gonna have uh, Ray being swayed to the dark side or tempted by the dark side and, or even perhaps it's possible that Luke is now like really facing some demons and could be, uh, could be headed down the wrong path. But I agree with you that episode nine, it, I just don't know, at least so far and who knows, Ryan Johnson may come out and totally looper us and, and throw everybody out of whack. But, um, at least as it stands now, you know, like the narrative structure of this trilogy, there's really no other way for it to end than than Kylo Ren versus versus Ray in some sort of dramatic I don't know down down the I, stretch.
0: I, I would lo- I I actually my gut says that, but this is Luke's story. It still is, in my opinion. You know, he wasn't really heavily involved in the last one, but I mean, he was the, he was the main goal of the movie. I mean, he set all the the events in motion, uh, and I, I could not, it would not be surprised if they go that direction here. Mm. And make this more of a Luke centered and and about Luke with Ray kind of there, you know, and, and her mm. being a central part of this all, but still still telling Luke's story and how he, he is he's still alive, you know, he didn't die and come back or anything like that. This is still um still his family lineage. And that's what I mean by this trilogy, because if they make this next trilogy, will they tell the story of the Skywalker lineage at all or the or Kylo Ren, or or any of that, or will it be a completely separate part of the galaxy that we don't know and haven't seen? That will be um, what our Star Wars is now. Or will there still be stormtroopers? Will there still be the dark side, the Death Star, the Force, all of that? You know, um, mm-hmm. that's what I'm wondering. Where they're gonna, what direction they're gonna go after this? Or just gonna give Kylo his own trilogy, or or Ray gets, you know, uh, more focus on her in this next trilogy and less on the the legacy characters of the of, of Star Wars? So. There's there's endless possibilities. Now we're only a couple months away from The Last Jedi. When can we buy our tickets? When, when has that been announced? That
2: uh, anyway? It should be sometime early next month, I would think. I imagine mm-hmm. we'll get... For Force Awakens, the that last trailer came out. It was during Monday Night Football. So I think it was very end of September, early October, if memory serves. And then... Tickets went on sale, I think, like, the first week of October, maybe. Something like that.
0: We'll be at uh, the IMAX opening night, I'm sure.
2: We'll yeah, our, totally. Our of annual
0: post-game not. show, where we yeah. just stay up till 4 in the morning <laughs> talking yes. about it. Uh,
2: the last awesome. trailer came out for Force Awakens. The, the last trailer came out, um like, October 19th, something like that, so... So we've still got a little, for everybody who's complained about, why haven't we seen another trailer? We're still uh, over a month out from from the same timeline as Force Awakens. So, just FYI.
0: Yes. Yes, we are. And still have not confirmed a director for Obi-Wan. I don't think they've officially confirmed, or Disney Lucasfilm hasn't officially confirmed that Obi-Wan's happening, have they? That's still rumors, rumblings at this point, too, as far as press releases go. Or an official word, right?
2: I uh, think so. I think that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that could that's still up in the air. The still yet to be named. It was announced, but still not named. Uh, as far as a release date or anything on spinoff number three for this mm-hmm. batch of of movies that they announced uh, a couple of years ago. So three, I guess, uh, episodes and three spinoffs. First spinoff being Rogue One, and then the upcoming on solo movie and again still to be untitled so mm-hmm. there we mm-hmm. go well question is is how are they going to have time for star wars when they're making 25 indiana jones movies i mean how many <laughs> how much how <laughs> do we do y'all you, you forget that that was a part of this lucasfilm acquisition mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. the entire catalog for indiana jones and what you can do over there that's a big point and willow too. willow that's why they brought. Will. That's why they brought Ron Howard back, is so they can just mm-hmm. do Willow too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm you know down. entire franchise of as
2: long as we get Willows. Yeah. Hopefully, War, we can get Warwick uh,
0: Davis.
1: Yeah, hopefully we can get Liam Neeson in that after his chemistry with Warwick Davis. <laughs> on, uh... Life's too short. Yeah, that's a great show. Uh, it's like one of the greatest comedy scenes of all time. Yes, as I mentioned yes. before, I have four blown AIDS.
2: <laughs> My body's riddled with it.
1: Okay, Richard. Any closing thoughts on this? Um, no, you stuff? guys. I mean, I'm just sitting here, and all of you two, really. Uh, <laughs> no, you're bringing it, bringing it. No, I, I'm pumped. I'm still. Uh, I'm more optimistic than I was two weeks ago, and I'm. I wasn't ever down, down on it, but I'm in, and uh, I'm pumped for for episode. Uh, I keep calling it episode two, but you know what I mean, episode eight. I don't know if I'm Je- last Jedi. I don't know if I'm
0: pumped. I'm fine with it, though. I, I, I'm. It doesn't get me super excited like they did when they first announced him for The Force Awakens. If they had announced Steven Spielberg or somebody like that, then I'd be pumped. I'd be like, okay, this could be awesome. Like I said before, I just, I didn't know what I'm going to get, and it's going to be good. So, I guess I'm as excited for it as I was when they announced that Trevorrow was leaving. <laughs> uh, at least it's not that. I'm more excited now than I was when Trevorrow was the director. Let's say that. Okay. Let's move on. Brian's gonna tell us about uh Mac Weldon, I believe. And mm. have fun talking Princess Bride. I look forward yeah. to listening to that.
2: You guys have fun talking about something that terrifies me even to think about. So it's good. It's good. It's a good balance we've got here today. Chewbacca dying? Don't you dare. Joel Don't Hickler? you dare. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Got him. Alright guys. Have fun. I'll talk to you later.
0: Alright, thanks, Brian. And we will Take a swig of, uh,
2: I think it's V8 Splash. V8 mm. Splash this evening. <laughs> the best. And come back. It's the only way to Thanks. eat vegetables. Hey, man fam. It's Brian here to talk to you today about our newest sponsor, Mac Weldon, a premium men's essentials brand. When we got these guys as our sponsor, I went to the website, I browsed their categories, I picked out what I wanted and ordered it, and in a couple of days, it was on my body. And these are the most comfortable boxers I've ever worn in my life. The socks are dope, and the shirts look great. They don't have any thongs yet, but I know that Richard just put in a request, so maybe that's coming down the pipe soon. And if for some reason you don't like your first pair, MAC Weldon will refund your money and let you keep your order, no questions asked. I don't think that's going to be a problem, though, for you, because these products look and feel great, and they're awesome for pretty much any occasion. Whether you're going to the gym, you're at work, you're on a date, you're at home watching Now You See Me, whatever else you weirdos do, it's awesome. So, go to MacWeldon.com and use our promo code MAD to get 20% off your work. That's macweldon.com, promo code MAC.
0: Back by somewhat popular demand, and I'm, by that I mean by himself, uh, Joel Pixler joining us back on the show. Yeah. this week. Uh, who One of the members of the Eye. Member of the Eye, and previously joined us in uh, Alien Covenant talk. Joel, how many times have you seen Alien Covenant since our last conversation?
3: Um, about uh, four to six times.
0: Four to six, so five.
3: <laughs> Somewhere in that
0: range. Somewhere between those two. Oh, wow! So maybe four and a half. In yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he, yeah, maybe he stopped at midtime and had to
3: had to run. I just kind of <laughs> pause this. um I had to I had to go to a flute lesson real quick right. during the middle of the middle of the movie. You're flautist too.
0: Wow! <laughs> you don't meet a lot of only flautist. jazz. Only only ass yes, flute, soft J. Um, Joel. Yoel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> man, you're just full of the night, man. What do you think of Alien Covenant? Uh, oh, right now. How's your opinion changed on that movie? non spoilers support.
3: Um, I I still like it cuz I'm just I just like it's not terrible, you know? In a world <laughs> oh, where Oh, the
0: wow. There's yeah. the standard, are going to put that That's on Yeah, the, put that on the poster. Not terrible.
3: <laughs> In a world where the Star Wars prequels and Indiana Jones 4 exist, I'm I'm very happy with Alien Covenant.
0: That's fair. That is a very fair opinion in uh, these trying times we live in. But <laughs> you're here for another reason tonight. We're talking It and uh, the movie It, Chapter One, if you will. But you had circled this episode to come back on for a while. Why?
3: Uh, I've just been my entire life really fascinated by Clowns. horror movie Clowning. culture. <laughs> horror movie culture. I, I hate horror movies in general and I'm scared to death of them just like Brian R. But I really like the culture surrounding them, and this is such an iconic character and property. I just had to got super excited for it.
0: Yeah. Had you read the book?
3: I actually read the book this summer. I had a about a fourteen hundred page of void in my life, so I decided to sit down and read this book.
0: Wow, good. I'm glad somebody did because I've not read it. Richard the literature themed on the show. Have you read Stephen King's It? I
1: have not. I have not. I'm not, uh, I don't read a whole lot of genre. I'll get there one day, but mm-hmm. I haven't. But, yeah. Uh, I, 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 heard only good thing.
0: I read it like nonfiction stuff mainly, but uh, I have read The Shining. So that's, that's the extent of my Stephen King literature that I've read. I, I am familiar with a lot more of his movies and things, TV shows and things like that. Um, so I'm excited for this too. I do own, believe it or not, the, original it movie didn't know i owned it till i went browsing the shelf for our our last batch of throwback episodes and uh, i had a few of the few of our throwbacks by the way we we just recorded a bunch of those for the vips the patrons the members of the eye
1: and we got brian good because joel you'll appreciate this we put in when we do the throwback we uh we play the movie to stream it and so we were doing like unforgiven or something and uh and we put in uh, the IT DVD and didn't tell Brian and just uh, <laughs> let the menu come up. The, so. menu, the menu is
0: just a picture of Tim Curry's face as the clown with the words <laughs> IT and giant blood letters on it, and he was, not, he was not very happy with that. I'm sure he's got a few nightmares since then. But <laughs> I didn't know I had the movie, and I forgot how uh, old it was, how kind of nostalgic it was, how it was a TV miniseries, but, you know, more than it was a movie. It was like three hours long, I think, the entire thing, uh, if you watch it in one sitting, is. And um, I hadn't watched it in forever, but lo and behold, there it was on my DVD shelf. So, you know, kind of anticipating number two, or, or the, the, the reboot, you know, it, it was it was a property that I was familiar with and I admire, but it wasn't something that I actively needed rebooted in my life, or a horror film that I had really thought about in the kind of vein of war movies that we have now with the Friday the 13th and the, the screams and all the ones that they rebooted in the past couple of years. I I never even thought that they would think to reboot it. It just wasn't, wasn't in my mind until this past weekend, lo and behold, boom, hundred million dollar opening for it this past weekend. I think we talked about it on the show when we talked about the trailer, that this is going to be a big, movie that was one of maybe maybe the most buzzed about trailer I can remember that wasn't the adventures or star wars or something like that everybody was sharing that thing and uh tagging people in it and saying we have to go see this together and I hate clowns and I love clowns and you know the the, the red balloon emoji and the clown emoji were going everywhere and they still are because of this movie it, it's one of the one of the first horror movies I can remember on social media other than maybe paranormal activity having this kind of buzz and impact um, outside of the the theaters and the the initial fan base. So, Joel, did you go see this, I guess, opening night? And what were your your initial impressions of it?
3: Yeah, I went and saw this on Saturday night, actually, after it opened. And it was really hard for me to find somebody to go see this movie with because my girlfriend didn't want to go see it with me. My two best friends didn't want to go see it with me. Even my mom didn't want to go see it with me. So I ended up finding one of my other friends who didn't knew nothing about it, went into the movie Cold, didn't knew nothing about the series or the book or anything. And didn't realize until the first act that his name was George. So he got a pretty rude awakening in the in the first little part of the movie. But I yeah, I I've been following this series for the last kind of seven years it's been in production, trying to waiting for it to finally come out and I'm really happy with the results.
0: Really, seven years?
3: I think it's been in production for over seven years, dating what's, back what's to the, the, why.
0: Why is that? What's the story with with kind of how it uh, maybe fell off and came back? And why would it take seven years? Were they just waiting to pull the trigger on this, so to speak?
3: I think it's the the director before Fukunaga. He had written a script that was pretty true to the book, and um, I don't. Since you guys haven't read the book, I won't go into details about the book because i don't want to find out what exists beyond the explicit tab on itunes but it's a pretty pretty hard book about with, with a lot of different things and his movie probably would have been rated nc-17 if they made it really by him yeah so he dropped out of the project because of creative differences and then a uh, Lucianetti picked it up and started making it is that right yeah.
0: I was there's not aware some, I, I knew Fuganaga uh, was on, on board I didn't know he was in direct at some point though
1: questionable mm-hmm. childhood sexuality book. right that
0: right was, they hint at it in the movie yeah for sure yeah mm-hmm. you pick up on that I didn't know that it yeah. went into detail on that stuff but this was for sure a hard R movie this was not a mm-hmm. oh it's a little violent so we need to throw an R on there no they went all in on this mm-hmm. movie I was a little surprised by that how about you guys and not only how violent it was, but how vulgar it was, and almost every area you can have an R-rated
1: movie. This was R. Yeah, once <laughs> it, it was like super bad. Yeah, for sure. I mean, once they announced they were going R with it, you kind of assume they would go. Otherwise, it's what what's the point? You've already limited your audience. You might as well just go for it um, with a horror movie. With a horror movie that's an R, I always hate uh, horror movies that uh, you know are barely above a PG-13, but then they're kind of. You could tell they were trying to get the PG-13 and didn't quite, so then it's like this weird non-violent uh kind of boring. Not that it has to be violent to be good, but you know, you could tell if they had just been going for an R the whole time that probably would have been better and this certainly seemed like it knew <laughs> from the get-go uh what it wanted to be. Wow. It, it's amazing that they
0: I mean, probably not considering the source material, but it's amazing that they got it to an R that they agreed to do this. and I I realize it's horror but you gotta think uh, that they were probably thinking they were leaving money on the table by making it a rated R movie and that's the complete opposite of what happened because it's made a hundred million dollars this should be proof that you should never use that as an excuse Well, we'll we'll reach a wider audience if we do it Mm PG-13 because I just don't think that's true I think there's definitely an audience if it's good and and you know what you're doing
3: yeah I think this is this movie can probably have a success attributed to Deadpool in some ways, where mm-hmm. if you do the movie the correct way, not just make it r for being r's sake, but actually do proper justice to the source, especially with uh Logan as well, it can show what a what a good r rated movie can actually do
0: Yes, yeah, speaking of r rated movies, horror movies during the the trailers to this, I saw the trailer for jigsaw they're rebooting saw and I was out on Saw. I think I saw Saw two, Saw one, uh, in the theaters back when they were ro- originally released. And I'm out on those. I can't do the torture horror. I can do slashers all day. I can do ghosts. I can do exorcisms. I can do all that. I just can't do torture. I can't do all right. Now we're gonna have people <laughs> fighting with syringes and things like that. Or we, I think it's Saw that's two. That's
1: the only thing I want.
0: <laughs> in Saw <laughs> two, that no, what happens in Saw two is they throw her into a pool of syringes, like a swimming yeah. pool. I I was like I'm out I'm done with this I there's no that was date movie it's not scary it's just like watching people (laughs) get tortured I don't I don't understand the you're right it's not scary it's romantic Uh (laughs) right it's (laughs) sensual and and, uh, (laughs) intellectually stimulating and all that it's just a different genre of horror that I'm, I'm not into and but I love horror movies I'm like you Joel I love the culture I love mm-hmm. the fandom. I love seeing the the costumes of the cons, and I love the, how crazy they get with the characters and outlandish, and how stupid, and violent they can get in these movies, just for the sake of having fun, really, and saying, "Look what we can do with fake blood and and fake weapons." And and I like horror that doesn't take itself too seriously. I really can't stand an a pretentious horror film that sucks. Uh, I like good. Poor that doesn't take itself too seriously and i i don't think this did at all i thought this was a really self-aware movie it, it did not try to be too scary it didn't try to be too nostalgic it didn't try to be anything really um it let these characters kind of be who they were uh, i think this ensemble cast is really good and the obvious comparison is stranger things i think this stranger things heavily influenced the making of this movie and fact that this movie got the push that mm-hmm. it did and the attention that it did, which is not a bad thing. Not to say sure. Stranger Stranger Things is the first, you know, a, a science fiction horror franchise that's featured kids or anything like that, because that in itself was based on The Goonies and Stand By Me and and, th- and uh, uh, o- other films that came before that. But it has that feeling to it. And I just thought that the chemistry was there with all the characters. I thought this really felt real you know in a weird way and it, it's weird to have a a clown in a sewer movie feel kind of real world and this did but the nostalgia was high i love the way it felt the way it was shot and um as a movie i don't know how it was great this is? made in
1: relation to stranger things because you would think stranger things mm-hmm. came out a year ago mm-hmm. it probably was made Wow, well, I mean, I, could, I don't know. I think this was pretty much shot by the time the Stranger Things Mania took over. So it might have been kind of coincidental. I don't know. Basically. I don't know about they that. So... Stranger Things came out t- two years ago <laughs> at this point, was right? Was it two years ago? Okay. Then, yeah. I thought it was last fall.
0: Two thousand. It wasn't last fall. It might have been last uh, spring or something like that. Because I remember last fall is when they announced the, uh,
1: the second season. And they were yeah. they were they were working on that. Like, there's ways of looking this up so we can see. Because I I was trying to think, um let's see, let's think. Uh, yeah, it's just so totally the same. So it came out last, last July. Okay. So I mean but this script had to already have been kind of locked. Yeah. So I mean it's it's surprising that two things um of such similar tone would come, but that's cool. You know, uh you know there's uh it's yeah, definitely a cool, that, that. none of us are going to combine. we all like that vibe, so.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. this, this
0: movie reminded me a lot more of my group of friends than Stranger Things does. Uh, yeah. Just the way these kids talked, and they're always trying to impress each other, and they're always going after each other constantly, and it doesn't matter who you are in the group, there's not one dominant person, everyone's getting jabbed, everyone's getting embarrassed. Everyone's laughing at everyone. That's how my group of friends was. This this reminded this gave me more nostalgia from my childhood than Stranger mm-hmm. Things did for sure.
3: Yeah, and I think the the Duffer Brothers actually tried to get this movie made, um, but they were turned down by the studio because they didn't have enough experience. And then they went immediately to make Stranger Things for Netflix. That
0: that I'm sure they can make whatever they want now. I think they announced they're only doing a third season of Stranger Things, aren't they? And that's going to be over. They announced that recently as well. But I think we're less than a month away from it on uh, Netflix, aren't we? Season two? It's pretty close. October or something. Anyway, yeah, it gave me that vibe. Not to say that it's influenced by it at all, but it's uh, it's certainly a comparison that people are making and, and for the right reasons, I think. Uh, this movie, obviously... Probably wasn't in the book, but this movie I think was missing that David Harbor character, that cop character, that kind of parental influence character in this movie. This is all the kids and their friends, and kind of everybody's rebelling against each other, against the kids. It's them against everything, including it and including their their own fears. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think they re- did a really good job with Pennywise. I've heard mixed reviews about that, but what were y'all's impressions of? Pennywise, I thought he was creepy at the right times. I thought he was uh not too scary, not too mean, but he was you know acting silly enough for me and It's just tough because I've heard good things and bad things and, and the people I hear bad things about I'm like, listen, this is a movie about a psychotic clown like it's gonna be cheesy. You just gonna have to go in. All in, and, and knowing what you're getting yourself into, where you're about to see a clown kill people. So that's that's kind of the you know you have to have a frame of reference here, Donnie. And this movie, for sure, got me pretty scared of clowns once again. You know, I was scared <laughs> as a kid. It's kind of worn off, and now I'm like, yeah, clowns are the worst. They're done. I, I hate them. I can sit through a movie with them. I'm not. I'm not Brian, but uh, they're 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 bad. They, this this the, of all the things Penny, all the forms Pennywise takes shape of clown was the worst what did you think of pennywise richard
1: yeah i thought he was, uh i thought he was i thought the performance was really good i thought you know the the amount that he really detests the kids was really shown um and the, the hate and the anger and then also the menace and sort of sadistic joy was good i thought i thought the performance of scar's was or star's was 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 really strong i had no i had hardly any issues with it what about you joel
3: uh, I really liked it a lot. It's it's so hard jumping into this role with Tim Curry's Pennywise being so iconic up among horror movie figures, like with the uh, Freddy Krueger and Jason and you know Pennywise. They're they're all up there in the top. So I think he did a a great job for this for this horror movie for this uh, version of it. because he really fit the tone and the the strengths of the movie?
0: I. Got some nostalgia, too, and I saw the New Line cinema logo on the front of this movie. I hadn't seen New Line, I feel like, in a while, and just seeing that reminds me of uh, a lot of movies that I used to love. Speaking of that, did you notice the Easter eggs throughout the film of the different movie posters in the kids' rooms and the movie marquee out in the town, Derry, and some of the movies that were kind of mentioned on those and what those might have represented here this movie has a lot of symbolism in it, and a lot of foreshadowing, and I just think that the as a movie, the the script and and everything really accented the story well. It, you know, the Gremlins poster on the wall. I th- I think that kind of represents Pennywise in his shape shifting form and how it's something that looks innocent at first, but it, it is in fact dangerous, just like the Gremlins were. And I don't know what the other movie was. I think it was Beetlejuice that uh-huh. I saw a poster of. What could that maybe maybe mean? Maybe just the supernatural side of things, uh, or yeah. they're just movies that came out around that time that these kids would have been interested in. But I, I I find a lot of symbolism in that. And I know Batman was playing on the marquee and Lethal Weapon Two as well. Not sure what those were there for, other than maybe they were just um there for Easter eggs purposes what did you think about each kid's story? I was really compelled by each kid's kind of personal struggle throughout the film and, and how they have to battle with their own personal quote unquote demons. Right. I, I really liked that. What did you think of uh, the, how the story was told, the plotting of, of everything, Joel, and how did that kind of match the book or what you were expecting there?
3: I thought it was really good. Um, a lot of people probably don't know that Pennywise isn't just a clown. He's right. like the essence of fear. And what each kid fears the most is what they're going to see. For Bill, it's his, his brother. Um, for Richie, it, was, it happened to be clowns. Eddie was a leper. Like, it's all these, it's whatever they fear the most is what it will take its place. And the book does a really good job of going into great, great detail about each kid's um, own incident. But I thought the movie did a great job, too, representing them, especially the one for uh, Stanley's character, because right. that was actually, I believe from the movie, Mama was the, the tall nun-looking lady. Mm-hmm. was actually a callback to the, the movie Mama.
0: Yeah, the, the creepy nun, uh, skinny zombie nun lady was, was scary, and it is, again, about what each person kind of fears and and pennywise takes the form of what you're most scared of uh i i was affected by that one too stan and and his struggle with his faith if that's what it was was he the one that was having his bar mitzvah i think of the same Uh character yeah and how he he was the last one to kind of accept pennywise for what it was he refused to believe that anything was really happening right until he has he himself he himself has an encounter with the shapeshifter and then he believes and then now he's struggling with his faith that his parents are teaching him and his going through this bar mitzvah thing i just really like that that could have been the entire movie just that story and i just that, that that was one of the side characters one of the b characters in the movie um i like georgie's stuff too and his family, and uh, him getting sucked down the drain, and all that—that's uh, probably the number one storyline of the of the film. The the main protagonist of the movie, and if that had been just all, that would have been fine with me too. Uh, Bill was was pretty good. What did you think of the character Bill? And I realized he had to work with the stutter and all that, and that was probably tough. But I thought he he pulled it off pretty well. It got annoying at times, but uh, this this kid carried this movie uh, better than most kids can carry anything. The, the Richie was probably my favorite, just in terms of his personality and his brashness. But I thought Bill held the held the movie together, and had kind of had that innocence
1: that we needed here. Okay. What about <laughs> no? I com- I completely agree. Sorry, I you were here. I keep going. Uh, no, I think that, I mean we are in this kind of odd golden era, not since maybe the early nineties. If we had, uh, there's so much good young acting talent out there. It's it, it it makes it even worse when you when they're really bad. It's like okay, there's no excuse anymore. All these there's all these kids out there that can act their butts off. Let's let's use them for stuff and exploit them and make them work twenty hour day.
3: <laughs> yeah, I thought every every single kid in this movie was a great great actor because it you know it only takes one kid actor to to ruin an entire movie and all seven of the kids in the losers club plus all the side bullies and really every kid in this movie was a really really good it's just it's kind of crazy how, how you can get all these young kids to be such good actors that might be another reason why it, it took so long for this movie to get made is they just needed so many good ensemble kids to, to make this movie work
0: But the ones that they chose were just fantastic. I mean, Mike was good. Eddie was good. Ben was good. all the kids in the group, you know, are, nobody brought, I I would say Bill, uh, Jordan Lieberherr. I would say Bill, the main guy, was probably the worst of all of them, if I was to honestly say what I thought. But they were all so good, and that is so important for this, because you you get four bad kid actors together, you, you know, Transformers The Last Night, or something like that, in the first sequence of that film, it's like, no, stop this now. I'm out. And you're already in a movie with a psychotic clown. So there has to be something in there that you kind of care about or can get on board with. And I got on board with that too. Where are we going to go? Go ahead.
3: No, and I think that's credit to Stephen King because he always said that he doesn't write horror movies, he writes. Or doesn't write horror books. He writes books about characters and then puts them in scary situations. So these characters are really pretty true to the to the novel and to his writing. And I think that's why they're so strong. It's because they're they're written so well. Yeah, they really care about each and every one of these kids.
0: You're exactly right. They're just well crafted characters. It's just somebody that knows what they're doing. You know, right at the end of the day. Bev, what did we think of Bev? I thought she was great. I like that. What she brought to the table with the the yeah female she stole the movie kinda, to me I think yeah, she, she was incredible great. she was she was you know how awkward guys are you know this movie felt like, like these kids were in between the Stranger Things age and super bad age they're in that weird in between and this captured that awkward adolescence I think perfectly with the, how the kids are trying to like almost over cuss around each other just to look like they're tough you know and then they. They insert an actual female into the situation and everybody freezes up and doesn't really know how to go about it. I thought that was really, really smart. And she was great. Her relationship with her dad is obviously the center of her storyline. And I thought that was... It was tough to watch, you know? But I thought it was effective. What did you think, uh, Joel?
3: Yeah, I thought hers was really good. It's a different take from... The book where she's more innocent here she's more of a a rebel but it's it it really fit the the time period of the late 80s that they they set it in to update her character like that
0: i think so too and mike his story with his family and kind of his you know his parents going through stuff during the civil rights times and uh that coming back in the form of pennywise was Crazy too, and the whole meat meat situation. There's a file scene here too. <laughs> Did you notice that? Where ben, <laughs> when Ben's in the library and he's going through the old town records, going through newspapers and looking at old headlines. I was like, no. Uh, that li- library scene should go right next to file scene, in my opinion. <laughs> when anytime somebody's at a library and they're they're pulling down slides of old magazine covers, yeah, that goes right right along with it that was he was good too the uh awkwardly chubby kid who the girl doesn't really think of in that way and then she ends up going for bill and having that kind of awkwardness worked well too also something that i'd forgotten about was that the kids only could really see it for the majority of the film i think this did a really good job of not revealing that until later on in the movie, instead of having the kids see things and then them realizing right away that only they can see it, th- their realization of, no, they're the only ones going through this and it, her dad couldn't see the blood in the room. He nobody else could see Pennywise in the same way that Bill did. I think that's a really good choice. Is that how it was in the book, Joel?
3: Yeah, in the in the book it's really the whole town of Derry is it. Mm-hmm. Including the adults, it's like it's the whole the demon of it is spread out through the adults. That's why they would showed the the car driving past when uh Van Hanscom was getting bullied and getting his stomach cut up, and the mm-hmm. adults didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's really that's why when you mentioned that there weren't really any adults in this, because the adults are it in, uh-huh. in its essence. It uses the the adults' absence to to get at the kids.
0: I was shocked by how. Aggressively in your face, the horror was, and it's not just a clown creeping around the corner. It's not just a jump scare here and there. I mean, they go all in on the CG. Yeah, they follow through. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's so loud and shifty oh, yeah. and I mean they're they're throwing the kitchen sink at you on screen. It's not very subtle like Halloween is or something, and and it's <laughs> ways of scaring you. I mean it's innovative in that way if not anything else it it was very well done in in transforming us into this kind of world that that in a similar way to the upside down and stranger things it really did transform into the supernatural and i felt that hard here where i was transformed into a a different place when pennywise was around
3: yeah and i think that the the bathroom scene with Beverly yeah. with the blood coming out of the sink, yeah. which is so iconic. That might be the best scene in the entire movie. And I thought it was, it was really clever how they had the hair come up and grab her that he had, she had just that cut she had off. she and when she cut her hair off. Yeah. That's new. Yeah. That was, that was scary. That, that was actually scary. That was watching. a
0: great setup when she was cutting her hair and the, the, the hair goes down the sink. But it was, yeah, that was just good. It's just good filmmaking. I appreciated it. This movie looked great. I mentioned that before, but just the, the director of photography deserves a a round of applause for this one because it, uh, it felt like a, a town that I wanted to live in. They really nailed the small town vibe of this, and mm-hmm. that needs to be said as well. Something else that brought back memories, rock fights. Anybody have rock fights when you were a kid? Where two oh, yeah. two groups of friends you just throw rocks at each other for no reason.
1: As a, as a kid. Rock I, fight.
0: Yeah, you do it as an the, adult. You're just Yeah. I've been arrested. You got a many crew, times. yeah, you got a rock fight crew. You guys just like go warm up. Cool and, denim jacket. Yeah, exactly. The, exactly. What else did you guys notice as far as Easter eggs or anything that maybe we uh we haven't mentioned before? And uh, there's a lot of stuff in the background. Uh, they mentioned other movies. They mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street for some reason here, in, in in passing. Yeah, but I didn't. I don't didn't know why that was. But I thought this the script was very good. I, I thought it was so funny.
1: Yeah, how well the,
0: the timing of the kids was, yeah. and the actual jokes themselves were funny. What was on the Agreed. page was funny, and I didn't expect this to be funny movie at all. I see the trailer and I think, wow, supernatural thriller with kids. This could be. Really special, but I didn't think I would be laughing as much as I did. And they, in this, killed in the theater, you know, in a good way that everyone just thought these kids were just the, the funniest people. And yeah, I, I I, love it makes me want to see again because I yeah. want to I want to see yeah. these kids. These kids really had that much chemistry if it was just on the page.
1: Yeah, it's really funny, and I wonder at which iteration of the script that humor was put in. You know, if it's the Carrie Fukunawa, ever You know, because all of them get credit on it. Uh, or uh, Mushetti or or whomever did that because that's it doesn't feel added in it feels really organic to the characters and it's I thought yeah super well written and uh, but I'm interested so I want to talk to to Joel a little bit because he's read the book so there's a lot of he had that incredible trailer ever since the trailer came out it it you know that trailer kind of went viral re- really quickly and you know that's the best way I think to make to make money now I think it's just if you can cut a good trailer you can you know at least guarantee T quite you know fairly big opening weekend but so ever since the trailer there's been talk of sequel and kind of creating a universe around this obviously there's a lot to play within the book but but where do you see this really going Joel? well
3: i think i think there can only be one more movie with the adults like okay. the, the miniseries was with kids and adults yeah maybe they stretch it into two which is that would probably be a bad idea i don't know how they do it but i think they the next movie is just going to be the adults coming back, you know, 28 years later to to finish the job.
0: Gotcha. Wow. Doesn't Bill become a writer at some point? I heard that.
3: He yeah, Bill. becomes
0: a science fiction writer.
3: Bill becomes a, a horror writer, yeah. actually. Funny yeah, that's enough. what I meant. That's fantasy what
0: I, or something.
3: Yeah. That's what I think those movie posters in his room are supposed to mm. be, because mm. Beetlejuice and Gremlins are, like, the most accessible Kids type horror movies, and it's just kind of. It was just weird showing- that it,
0: it was that, and it wasn't Back to the Future or Ghostbusters, which is you know the, the most obvious kid friendly crossing into that stuff movies. But yeah, it's got to be probably horror that uh, mm-hmm. that really piques his interest. Maybe that's why he's not so freaked out by Pennywise in the beginning, and he he kind of refuses to believe his fear of clowns is because he's actually kind of immune to that and wow what a movie i really enjoyed this it was a little too long for me it it could have been 20 minutes shorter i understand that there's a lot of source material here and the the, the previous film iteration is not exactly short but this this was 15 minutes too long for me there was a moment there uh I, i think about an hour and 40 in where i did look at the watch. And I noticed, I was like, okay, we're 30 minutes still to go on this thing. And, and that was tough. So I hate when I had those moments, but it happened here. But overall, this was strong to quite strong. I think they could do a lot with this. If they uh, do another movie, like you said, I think uh, I think that could be just as interesting as this. What are they going to do as far as the other Stephen King properties? Are they going to try to... I mean, The Dark Tower just flopped within the past couple of weeks. So that's off the table, probably. I would like to see more Stephen King horror movies. I would not be opposed to a Shining remake. I would not be opposed to, you know, Pet Cemetery or something like that making its way back to cinemas as well.
1: So, this you know, the success of this, what, what's what's the ripple effect, right? Oh man, that remake of every horror property out there, most of which will be terrible, right?
0: I I believe there's a Friday the Thirteenth movie coming out this year actually the next month or two reboot of that but I hope not I just want to see this again let's just let's just let's just be happy with this everyone yeah this can be I know no pun intended it
1: stinks now that we live in this world where even remakes good remakes you have to just brace yourself for the onslaught of of bad remakes Uh yeah
0: okay so the moral of the story Pretty much is, you have to face your fears, right? Because it is something different for everybody. Everybody has an it in their life. Everybody has something that uh, everybody has something that's holding them back. Every has, everyone has something that they're afraid of, and they can't ever really live life until they let it go and conquer it. So, that's kind of the end. So if you can't get around for the clowns, if you can't get on board for that or the horror or anything, I think there is a, a positive message, a good moral of the story that can be mm-hmm. passed on regardless of its context. I'm yeah. going to go ahead and grade this one, but yeah. do you guys have any closing thoughts on this? Joel, Joel, anything else?
3: Uh, No, I'm just really excited to see what they they do. They did drop a couple deep, deep Easter eggs for big fans of the book that only, people in the book would recognize like the deadlights and the turtle. Okay. Well, the The turtle is the the
1: alternate being, right? That's like the good version of
3: kind of, kind of, it's, it's hard. It's, it is, it's, he, he's either an extraterrestrial demon or he's a demon demon. It's really hard. And the turtles like a metaphysical counterweight to him. It's, I still don't understand it. They have the visions while they're being smoked out underneath. In a bunker it's really weird in the book
0: <laughs> right i i I again think bill Scarsgard was really good it's just so random like why did they pick him for this it, it you know because they're in clown makeup and everything what were they looking for what quality were they looking for just a, a good actor because this <clears throat> one pennywise was going to be tilda swinton she that's what they wanted originally. Wow! It's just, wow. how do you yeah, go from her to arrive at Bill Skarsgård? Well, you know, yeah, really it was weird.
1: Paulson, too. Um, uh, and Poulter. Yeah, Poulter, that's what I mean. That's Evan yeah, Evan Poulter. Mm-hmm. Which he, I could see that, definitely. Yeah. I think he chose to do Detroit, which great choice in foresight, but looks bad in hindsight because this movie's had way more impact than, than Detroit did. Mm-hmm. Could you see
0: love- uh, any kind of awards for this movie at all?
1: uh no i think horror gets locked out much like comedy does i mean maybe a maybe a few technical things because it was mm-hmm. pretty cool there but i can't see the performance is getting anything same what were you gonna say joel
3: i'm um i'm curious who you guys would want to see in the next iteration when these come back as adult characters who would you want to want to oh, play because wow. uh imdb has the what the cast of the Losers Club want them want their adult parts to be, but I'm curious who you guys would want to see in this.
0: I would want to see Charlie Day as Richie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd want to yeah. see James Franco as Eddie. Um,
1: huh. Who should be I built? would say, I would just go... Dave Franco, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, uh,
0: Isla Fisher Fisher. I mean it's just the proven. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mark Ruffalo yeah. as as Pennywise. Yeah. Yeah, but it turns out at the end he was on their side yeah. the whole time. He wasn't a clown. He was one of them <laughs> dressed as a clown. It was weird. <laughs> so what what what's the actual kid say, Joel?
3: Um, for Richie Towser, the actor said Bill Hader. For Ooh. Beverly Marsh, the actor said Jessica Chastain. For Mike Hanlon, actor said Chadwick Boseman. Eddie Kasprack is Jake Gyllenhaal. Stanley Uris as Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Ben Hanscom said Chris Pratt. And then uh, Bill Devereaux Christian Bale. That would be...
1: $250 million hit hit sequel. Those are are all very different ages. I would think
0: (laughs) they would have to be... uh, They're obviously just saying their ideal actor and who they respect. That's great. Uh, I don't think that's realistic in the slightest.
3: Pretty intense, though. If that uh, <laughs> if that kind of cast comes together, it's going to be a big cast. Whoever they end up getting, because there's going to be five main actors in the second movie. So oh, the,
0: the, buzz, the buzz will be absolutely ridiculous. the The next one might make a hundred million opening weekend again, just because people are so curious and when <laughs> And scary clowns, for some reason, people are just drawn to them. And you add, I think you added Jake Gyllenhaal into that the scary clown yeah people all chris pratt like you said oh yeah they're all in it's gonna think, it's gonna have it again
3: and i think big actors will probably now that this movie's made a lot of money it's got the buzz mm-hmm. it does the same way that stranger things did people are going to want to get involved with this project i think
0: i think so too i think you're right let's well, uh hats off to the director andy machete too this was a mm-hmm. great job and this looked great and it was a call back to mama That he he slipped in there. Um, I'm interested to see this guy outside of horror. But it says he... It is announced he's doing It It, Chapter 2. Which is scheduled for release. Um, Doesn't have a confirmed date at this point. It's been announced, but no date. So, do you know what Stephen King thinks of this movie? Has he come out and said, whether he liked it or approved of it?
3: Yeah, I've seen a, a couple of interviews where he said he really enjoyed it and really liked it, and thought he there was a it was good to his uh, original material. I like- I think he he really liked it. It's not a a shining situation where he yeah. hated it and made his own version. He really liked this version.
0: It's um, it's cool that the Losers Club, there aren't losers anymore at the end, right? It's cool, Bill Parcells. They, he has that lovers thing on his on his cast, and you see kind of the the vengeance of all the bullies happen throughout the movie in their different ways. All the kid, all the kids that gave the losers club crap all the time, kind of got their vengeance towards uh, throughout the movie, and that was always good to see. When it yeah, eat, when a douchebag gets eaten by a clown, I really, I really like that.
3: Oh yeah, well, especially since that character, the the first bully to go, he has. What I think is the scariest death in the book—the one that actually mm-hmm. scared me in mm-hmm. the book—so I'm kind of happy that his his death didn't actually happen. And do you then, think, the-
0: do, you, do you think the book is worth reading if I had just seen this movie? Is there a lot more to um, discover in the book? Like, should I go back and and read it?
3: Um, I think so. It's is a really good book. It is you know, 1,400 pages long, so it's a and there are some bits where it's a bit of a beat down, but it's. It's really good just for all the all the man out there. Just know it's it's very, very, very mature. Mm-hmm. So don't uh, don't go into it lightly. There's a lot, a lot in it. So be be ready for that. Wow. And it's pretty descriptive and yeah. uh, in all sorts of things, horror and um, other NC 17 related things.
0: He that is the reason that Bill becomes a horror writer, because Stephen King himself puts himself in his. Books in that way, and you know, Misery, for example, as well, and of course, Jack Shiny. Torrance. Yeah, Jack Torrance. So, I like that. I, I like the world that Stephen King has created, as unless it's the Dark Tower. I like that world too. Didn't like the movie. Okay, mm-hmm. grades for it. Oh man, I'll probably give this one just because it's horror and it's so outlandish and so crazy and nine, 9 out of 10 people I recommend this to probably would understand it. i have to take that into account. I'm going to give this one an A-. Go ahead, uh, Joel.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I really like this, and I'm, I think I convinced my mom to go to go see it with me soon, so I think uh, I'm also going to give this just a, a straight A. Really, really good.
1: Ricardo. I'm going to go A- as well. But I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, it's for me it was kind of the perfect level of scary in a movie. Like I, I always say, roller coasters and horror movies are the same to me. It's hard to find one I really is right in the wheelhouse. They're either way too intense for me or super lame. It's hard to find one right in the sweet spot, and uh, this this kind of hit it. So I, I I enjoyed the scares and I enjoyed the film.
0: Awesome. Well, it chapter two will be coming out sooner rather than later I'm sure I'm sure they're getting right on it this Monday yesterday and planning out uh, how they're going to go about that so we'll see where we go from here okay Joel let's move on and hit a recommend
2: weekly recommends
0: I'm going to recommend steal it from Brian BoJack Horseman's back oh yeah oh, oh
2: yeah yeah
0: On Netflix, Bojack is a very funny animated TV show about a kind of disgraced former movie star that's a horse. (laughs) It's like a half man, half horse. (laughs) For some reason, in this universe, people are animals and animals live amongst people. It's a weird, kind of zootopia, weird Simpsons universe. But all that aside, uh, it's about a. it, It has a lot to say about hollywood and about uh, fame and all that and bojack is played by none other than joe bluth himself will arnett who is great in that role and aaron paul's in the cast and uh, it's just a really good time all the time so i would recommend bojack horseman it's funny it's a netflix original all the seasons are on there this is season four uh, they're all worth watching it's gotten honestly better every single season which i can't say that about a lot of animated shows a lot of them have one or two funny seasons, and they they uh, take a dive. This one is not. This one's getting stronger. It's artistic. It's creative. It's unlike anything being done right now in animation, and it's it's just really really good writing and and uh, and funny stuff. So, BoJack Horseman season four, boom. That's my recommend. Uh, Joel, what's up? What you got?
3: Um. Yeah, I'm really, I'm kind of torn right now. I don't know what to recommend, guys. Should I go for a, a downer or an upper?
0: Let's go upper. Happy or sad? Yeah, we're going. Let's go up. Okay. Th- yeah.
3: Upper. Okay. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend um one of my favorite movies of the year, the Lego Batman movie. Yeah. Like, I saw it. Uh, I saw it on, on Valentine's Day. My girlfriend took me out to see the Lego Batman movie. So that's a. If you find a girl who can do that for you, guys, keep her around. She's a good one. So yeah, I I love the movie. I love the humor. It's hilarious and I'm really looking forward to the Lego Ninjago movie that'll be coming out here in the next couple weeks
0: I, I'm a little more skeptical about Ninjago just because I know that's already a franchise with kids and I just don't know how far they can go with it it's got a good cast I just don't know if I, I'm going to be as on board as I was with Batman and was with the original Lego movie I think it's going to be more more geared towards kids but if it's not then I'll be a lot more happy because that means I'll go see it instead of seeing it with my nephew sometime that I would if it was a it was a kids movie. So, yeah, Lego Batman funny. I need to revisit it. Really enjoy it in the theater.
3: If especially if you're a Batman fan, there are so many jokes just packed into the uh-huh. movie. It's
0: you Speaking have of to Will watch Arnett, it. Will Arnett, right? Doing voice. Up. Will Arnett's the voice oh, of yeah. Batman and he's great and uh, I think I saw a little bit of it uh, on a plane not too long ago. I watched a little bit of it again, and I forgot how good Michael Sarah was in that movie too. Uh, he is he's a really good voice actor. But we did do an episode on that. If you're listening and you have seen the movie, we already have talked about it, just go back on the feed and, and check that convo out. Good call. I need to buy that one. That needs to be one on the shelf. I do have the Lego movie on the shelf. Uh, I think I got the Black Friday. Black Friday, five five bucks for a DVD, something like that. Got to get the Lego Movie.
1: It's good, good stuff. Richard, what's you recommend? Yeah, I'm gonna recommend a book. I've been uh, been kind of really deep in these super boring. Not for everyone else, I'm I'm in heaven. These uh these LBJ biographies. But I took a break and read something else. And I read uh, a book called a Life in Parts uh, by Brian Cranston. It's a Brian Cranston memoir, and he kind of breaks up every role he's played in his life, both on the screen and off, uh, and writes little chapters on them. And it's a pretty cool construction for a memoir, and Cranston definitely has interesting perspective, and he had a really interesting young life before fame and all that. And I, I th- it's a good read. It's a good audible as well. He reads it himself. So uh, I recommend A
3: Life in Parts by Brian Cranston.
0: Are you excited for Cranston on Curb? I am, very much so. Excited to see that seinfeld alum brian cranston i should say yep. it's well, that's what he's known for right seinfeld Wattley. yeah tim Watley, the dentist <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> uh, that trailer for curb is we're gonna have to I do, do an episode on constipated that. Man. yeah i was constipated I and i had a hot ticket and, contest and i still won. leon is next level he is he's absolutely next level i i'm so excited I hope Brian's caught up by then, so we can talk about it. He's piling through. He sent me
1: a text today, so that's good.
0: It gets Hopefully. so much better too. I'm so excited I because he's he's only going to like it more. I know, I know I know confidently that he's only going to like it more towards the later season. Have you seen it, Joel? Curb your Enthusiast. Uh,
3: I haven't been able to get to it. I have uh, too much TV and uh, yeah, trying to trying to be an adult and do what, school what, and what work. What kind of stuff are you really watching, hard.
0: Joel? Like what 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 are your shows you binge recently? Anything like that?
3: Um just a lot of you know a lot of tv really just sports center i Mm -hmm. watch a lot at night Uh, really gotten into river monsters lately of all things it's really fun just to watch late at night river monsters check it out jeremy wade hero yeah and then um westworld please everybody watch westworld i can't wait till it wins all the emmys in a few days please please watch westworld
0: i like westworld a lot i'm excited for that to come back eventually eventually okay good times good star wars talk good thank times. you Brian, for being here. Thank you, Joel, for hopping on joining us for it talk and yeah
3: thanks for thanks for having me guys i'm sorry that I, I i missed brian i tried to i tried to do my best to Get a uh, bring, great my,
1: job bring my inner
3: brian i spent the i spent this last week at Disneyland with my family uh, then i uh subsequently abandoned them to go do everything that i wanted to do. i guess. put on my playlist of um Bruce Springsteen, Andrew WK, and I just went at it.
1: Nice. He does. Yeah. Well, he he's exclusively at this point now, Andrew WK. So that wouldn't have worked. Uh, yeah. The Springsteen,
0: yeah. he would not understand.
1: Would yeah. Not. No. It's all that. It's and, all party hearts. And then Smash Mouth. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, Doing a little bit of Dank like, just to lighten the mood. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, Joel. Has, do you know
0: you sound just like Ryan Johnson, the director? You talk like him. <laughs> Anyone ever
3: told you that? Uh, Oh, guys, I have to get going right now. It's been so great talking oh, okay. to you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right.
0: Okay, Joel, where can we find you? The at, at the uh, Yeah, at the uh, Pixie Sticks on Twitter?
3: Yeah, at the Pixie Sticks, uh, P-I-X-Y-S-T-Y-X, on, and on Instagram. Uh, follow me if you want. I mostly just retweet angels, duck stuff, and then stuff from my, my college here, and mostly tweet uh, photos of clowns at Brian, too.
1: Awesome, doing the Lord's work there, my yes. friend. uh I You think- can
0: find Brian online at bgill12. Also mm-hmm. on the twit, I should uh you- mention that for him.
1: Where can yep. find you, Richard? You can find me on Twitter and all other social media at Richard Barden, and in the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter, which we're cranking out. We got to do it this week, but it's a little bit of a snag, so we'll, we're going to throw that up there next week. Kent,
0: where can I find you on the Twitter, Kent Garrison, Instagram, Snapchat, all that stuff? Appreciate all the interaction that we get on social media. You can follow our show at Matt about movies on Twitter, like us on Facebook, keep the conversation going there. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on iTunes. Join the VIP club Ooh. for amazing throwbacks, bonus episodes, you spinoff shows, Join the eye if you want to join us like Joel did. Joel joined join the eye. And, eye and Joel, you should say your, your exclusive the Eyes Watching t-shirt will be arriving soon. So, get excited yes. for that. Be sure to send us a lot of photos of you at random movie theaters with the shirt. Uh, that's always good times. Joel's, Joel's, Joel's a great supporter.
3: wear your merch on carousels. So.
0: How many people have almost beaten you up because you were wearing Mad About Movies merch in public and they were shaming you until you had wanted to drive home and drop drive your car off the side of the road? Has that ever happened?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, the gang wars between a uh- man fam and the film spotting film spotters
0: yeah screw those people
3: yeah
0: screw those all right if you want to go listen to 14 hours of silent film chat i think uh (laughs) film spotting can help you out okay until next time we appreciate the love and we'll see you uh, at the cinema bye
1: Bye. hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs